You're listening to the Archive Deep Time. What happened? What happened? What, uh, we were, last time we were talking about uh, Boxcar oh, Racer yes. and yeah. the fallout from that. When we last left our uh, intrepid, disgruntled heroes, I guess. Did we say what this podcast is? Oh, yeah. This is Give Me 182 Good Reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Did this we even episode... mention on uh, the Take Off Your Pants and Jacket episode that that song oh, that, is that's... what inspired? Yeah, we do. Okay. We do. Yeah, Take Off Your Pants was four. Boxcar would have been five. So this is six. This is episode, episode six. Six. Uh, give me 182 good reasons. Yeah. This is Which the... is a archive deep uh, dive. Special deep dive extended conversation about something that embarrasses both of us. Yeah. So we're talking about it at <laughs> <laughs> Um so the yeah, when we last left our intrepid band members. <laughs> There was discord among them, and I'm not just talking musically. Boy, right? Yeah, uh, there were some ten, ten, contentious. No, contentious, contentious times, uh, both in the recording of "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket," and subsequently in the project that Tom did in the wake of "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket," which was called "Boxcar Racer." Yeah. Uh, and I think we concluded in the last episode that maybe uh, the fragility of the band was a little blown out of proportion at the time. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. It's hard for us to say. But so according to, uh, I think we mentioned this last week, when Tom, or when Mark came in to record his portion of the Boxcar Racer record, he and Tom hashed out some ideas for what they were anticipating would be the next Blink-182 album. So they were planning another record even then, even though that was allegedly around the time that there was all this friction. Right. Somehow they resolved that. They worked that out. And they went back into the studio. Yes. To record that next Blink album. That next Blink album, which you could even call it that if you wanted to, because... Depending on who you ask, it is either self-titled or untitled. I feel like at the time of its release, it was cons- it w- they were saying it was untitled. Yeah, I think that's... Uh, the official line from the band is that it's untitled. I think it was dubbed Blink-182 uh, collectively by the record companies and um, various... Outlets, yeah, I think that's Sam Goodies. To yes, <laughs> if you bought your Blink One Eighty Two <laughs> Untitled album at Sam Goody, you contributed to the furthering of the false notion that this album is titled Blink One Eighty Two. I mean, the Wikipedia page for this album calls it Blink One Eighty Two parentheses album close parentheses. Whoa! So there you go. So. Um, when did this one come out? 2003? 
2003, uh, following year after Boxcar. Take Off Your Pants and Jacket is the summer of 2001. Boxcar Racer comes out in spring of 2002. And then uh, more than a year later, this is November 18th, 2003, Blink-182 and or self-titled and or untitled yeah. is released. Um, <clears throat> I watched a documentary that I remember uh, that I remember watching in 2003 mm. about the making of this album. It was on MTV. I think it was going to be a new show, but I feel like they didn't do any other. It was called like Launched or something. Yeah. Or MTV Album Launch. Making the Album. Is that what it was called? No, I think it was called Album Launch. <laughs> and they essentially, in the, it's about an hour long, I think, mm-hmm. and they follow the process of making this album in particular from beginning to end. And I think it was, maybe there were more episodes. I had a hard time finding information on any other episode. I don't know if this was a special that they did. Mm. But the thing is, it has an opening, like, opening uh, like sequence. sequence. Yeah. And, stuff. and they show, like, Shakira and. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe she contributed to this Blink album. Yeah, for all we know. Yeah. There were a lot of new elements introduced. You're right. So maybe one of those <laughs> elements was Shakira. <laughs> um, it's a really good documentary, actually. Mm. Like, um, it, it's exactly what I like in a documentary in that, like, it's not too, I don't know, it's a lot of just footage of what's going on mm-hmm. at a given moment. And they sort of track track the days, it says, like, day, number, or whatever, you know, as they go. And it took them about a year, all, all told, to do everything they needed to do to put this album out. They were, like, they, they put a lot of time and effort into this one. <clears throat> they rented out a house. Hmm. Uh, some someone's house <laughs> in California, and and used it to record the majority of the album. Um, they ended up taking much longer than they intended, and they had to leave the house because the people wanted their house back. <laughs> and so they finished up in a in a standard studio, I guess. Um, Jerry Finn, Jerry Finn produced it. Yeah, Governor Jerry Finn. Governor? <laughs> it sounds like a uh, gubernatorial uh, name. You're right. Doesn't it? Jerry Finn. Governor Finn. Yeah. Um, he he produced it. I think he. this is what, the third or fourth? Second uh, or third yeah, I think one so. that he's produced at this I point for them? he did. He started on Enema. Enema. And so this is, yeah, his third. And... Um, and it's it's this this album is distinct from all of their albums, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say? Yeah, stands alone. Um, I remember hearing the single, which at the time they were calling "Action." Really? Yeah, I remember the first like it was on like a Madden NFL video game, and I like as part of that soundtrack. And I think at that point they were calling it "Action." This is this is new. I think. I'm completely unaware of this. It later is finalized as feeling this. <clears throat> and I remember 
hearing it and initially being like, what? <laughs> and then just like by the end of it, I was sort of blown away and really excited. Um, and the, the, the album itself followed that same emotional journey. At least I did when I heard it. Yeah, you were uh, surprised, overwhelmed, and ultimately way more satisfied yes. than you expected to be. Yeah. I think that goes for me, too. I think I <clears throat> had kind of given up on them at this point. I think the last time I saw them live was on the Take Off Your Pants tour. and Or the last time I had seen them live at this point. At that point. At that point. Because I know it's not the last time you'll see no, them live. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, against my better judgment, but uh, so I, I, I think it was the combination of take off your pants, the album, and then seeing that tour kind of left me a little disinterested in them as a well, not disinterested, but just not as avidly uh, involved in what they were doing. So I yeah. knew that they were um, putting out another record, and I remember hearing the single for the first time. I think I saw the video. I think it was it's a, a terrible video. It's a terrible video. They've, it's they've done that video <laughs> three or four times at this point. Yeah. By I mean they've done it recently. Yeah. Uh, that same stupid video. In fact, not only have they done it, many 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 bands have done this video. If you were to like just watch the video, right? With no sound. No sound. You would. You would still, I think, take from that experience the notion that these are a bunch of guys who just will not leave this concept alone. And you would be right. This idea of um, uh, teenage 'er ne'er-do-wells... Banding together in rebellion against something. It's... Of of forced rebellion. Very um, superficial. The song has nothing to do with the video. (laughs) Yeah, that's a frustrating thing. Well, I don't know. On one side, it's frustrating because it it kind of... The video does, I think, undermine the song. If you see it that way, if you experience it. Uh, But it also, I think, if it were... If the video were more literal in like translating the song. Yeah. I don't know that it would it I, would do it yeah. justice. I'm not saying that'd be any better. Yeah. But there there needs to be a better interpretation visually of that song. Have you looked on YouTube? There probably is one. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> um well so speaking of that, the song itself. Um despite the fact that the video sucked, I was still really intrigued by the song. I was I was not expecting the next Blink One Eighty Two single to sound this fresh. Yeah, you know, like in general, I just wasn't expecting that. And I think I I would be forgiven for feeling that way, especially after you'd be forgiven for pants. feeling this. <laughs> it, <laughs> but the song itself is not only I think it, it's. It's a very good song as a transition piece. It's a very it's good a, song. It's a it's a it's a great song. It's a good song to herald this new era of Blink One Eighty Two. It's also a great 
Blink-182 song. Yeah. It's a great Tom and Mark song. Yeah. Um, you know how they wrote it? If I've, I think you've told me this you've, before, but tell me again and tell everybody else as you do. So what's interesting is, so the way they wrote this, I think they didn't have a single. Hmm. Or it felt they didn't. And so Tom and Mark went into separate rooms and wrote lyrics and then came together and combined them. And that's what this song is. Okay. But the topic, they were both like trying to approach the same topic, right? I don't know if they even talked about that. Huh. I don't know. See, I remember the first time hearing that, I, I thought I'd heard that they were both talking about like kind of a first love. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe know, that's like true. The, the emotions that you experience in that situation when you're uh, in the throes of uh, your first love. Yeah. And they... They both come at it from, I think, characteristically expressive uh, alternatives. Yeah. So, Tom's Tom leads the song. I, I've I, apologies. <laughs> I was wrong about that story. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I looked it up. Okay, what is the story? <clears throat> lyrics were written with Hoppus and DeLong going into separate... It was the first song they wrote for the album, by the way, not oh, okay. the last. The lyrics were written with Hoppus and DeLong going into separate rooms, Hoppus writing the choruses and DeLong writing the verses. The two had not spoken to each other about the lyrics ahead of time, and it turned out that the two had both written about sex. When put together, the, the song represents the lustful side of sex during the verses, the passionate side in the bridge, and the romantic side in the chorus, creating a juxtaposition between both voices. Mm. It has been interpreted as a description for failed romance, one that, quote, illustrates a scenario of lust, ambivalence, and regret. For Barker, <laughs> the song's drum track was super in respect to John Bonham. <laughs> we were kind of messing around with the verse. It's like... Well, I want to do a four-bar drum intro and just see how it works for the song. Of course he wants to do that. And we never second-guessed it. We were like, that sounds rad. That's my Travis impression. (laughs) That's good. So they did not speak to each other Hmm. prior to writing. They were like, let's go write lyrics. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing about this is this approach of going into separate rooms mm-hmm. would be sort of embraced in a terrible way yeah. in later albums to the nth degree of being in separate countries, <laughs> writing. Yeah, without any consultation of with right. the other people. Yeah. But here it worked really well, right? It's it, Yeah. It, overall, all of the ideas I think that they introduce here are handled really well, and the results... Bear out. This is the best Blink-182 album ever. You know, it's not my favorite. Mm -hmm. My favorite's always going to be Dude Ranch. But Mm -hmm. this is the the best they can do, I think, as a band. Yeah. Um, I think what's what's really great about this album um, is they truly experimented with music. And not to say that they did anything that was necessarily innovative when it comes to recording music but within their own sort of spectrum they did you know what i mean yeah 
they pushed me on what they were used to and and the things they were familiar with. And I think a lot of that was also credit to Jerry Finn. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably rightfully so. Yeah. And I remember in the liner notes, there was a lot of information about, like e- each band member, I think, wrote a note about each song. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, they talk about, there, oh, it's this one. It's in Feeling This. There's a part at the end where um, they're sort of layering the vocals, and they said that... Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. It's the bridge where Mark, I think, is uh, sort of scream, yell, singing the mm-hmm. the bridge. And apparently they he did that in the bathroom of the house. Like, they mic'd, they liked the acoustics in there. Mm-hmm. And sort of mic'd it up. So there was a lot of stuff like that where they were just searching for sounds and ideas and things like that within their environment, with their instruments, to to try to just do something different. Yeah, create a different sound. Yeah. Yeah. And it wor- it, I think it works really well. It totally works. This, yeah, you... I don't think anybody, even, even fan or uh, detractor... I think you come to this album and you are surprised pleasantly. Yeah. I think. Um, I love the flow of this album. I think it's this, it's really yeah, actually, cleverly arranged. I, I was kind of coming to that realization, too, the um, <clears throat> most recent time, like in preparation for this episode, I listened to it again, and <clears throat> I thought it was noteworthy that it... There, there's uh, a duality, I guess, there. Like, the, the first six songs, um, they kind of go... Um, they start off, like, really um, strong and aggressive, and they gradually start getting into a little bit more of a melodic and almost... Um, just instrumental mm-hmm. flow. <clears throat> yeah. And then you, that kind of culminates in an actual instrumental. Yeah. And then back to, you know, immediately as soon as that ends, you're like back into, yeah. you know, the, the, the loudness, the aggression. Yeah. And then it kind of does the same thing on the second half of the album. Yeah. It also kind of feels like um, it, you can kind of, you can feel each member kind of moving forward yes. and receding. Yeah. And, you know, there it's like, uh, in a calculated way. Yeah. They're, they've, they've worked this out in, in such a way that there's no drastic shift between songs or between like leads. Yeah. Song yeah. Leads. Yeah. But it's just, you know, you start off kind of Tom comes out and then he kind of steps back as Mark gradually moves in yeah. and then, you know, Travis moves in it's a really interesting flow. Um, maybe, maybe one of the strongest points of the album. One of the things I remember <coughs> really sort of, uh, one of the things I thought was really smart when I, when I was first listening to this album, when it came out, um, when they do that instrumental, which is called the fallen interlude. <laughs> It's a bad name. (laughs) So down runs into that song, the Mm -hmm. fallen interlude, and it sort of it begins by riffing off of down, essentially, Mm -hmm. right, and then becomes this, and it it is the most foreign 
piece of music on this album. Like, you could play that for someone with zero context. They would never assume it's Blink-182. Right. It sounds nothing like them. They follow that with Go, which is so much more... Fam- like, it's it's sort of a reassurance in a way. Mm, yeah. I've, at least that's how I felt. Like, you you sort of spend six tracks exploring a, a new ideas and music for them. Then they then they do their ultimate sort of like here's like we this is nothing like us you know mm-hmm. this is sort of Travis yeah. wanting to explore Largely his influence yeah <clears throat> and then they're like and then it's sort of like okay don't worry we haven't lost our minds here's something that that seems very familiar it's still different yeah but it but it brings you back in go the song go brings you back into sort of what is at the core of of them as a band. Yeah. Right. They're, it's a very <laughs> simple song. It also kind of, it, uh, reinforces the, um, kind of like the essence of probably the essence of the band, but like definitely this album, the teenage, um, emotional roller yeah. coaster, you but know. it means something, but yeah, it's totally intentional. It's designed to be these, you know, um, somewhat incongruent, sounds and yeah ultimately i guess emotions and it's it's that are kind of working together or against each other it's not like a vague rebellion song it's very specific yeah that's true the lyrics on this album overall are uh they're not like just good for blink they are good for yeah. blink songs but i think that they're also pretty strong just on their right. own right i i think um with Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, and then again later, or I should say more recently, they're sort of, the lyrics are just exploring a general idea mm. of teenage rebellion. Misspent youth, yeah. That is fine um, if it's the first time you've heard that idea in a yeah. song. But <laughs> if you listen to Blink a lot, you hear it that song a lot and Mm. so you start to what i really start to struggle with is is i kind of want to know okay i i understand that you as a band are interested in this subject and that's fine Mm -hmm. but i really want to know your personal relationship with it yeah and you certainly get that a lot of that in the very early albums of course right because they're living in it yeah um, you start to get it from a different perspective by enema of the state because they're starting to grow out of it. Mm-hmm. Then they kind of, in Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, they're like, they just write the vague kind of... They just sort of force themselves back into it right. yeah, without any kind of real connection. And in here, with these songs, I feel like they are adults reassessing that part of their lives and and sort of trying to understand what it meant to them hmm. or how it informed who they are, mm-hmm. right? And in some very literal ways with the song Go, mm-hmm. where Mark is essentially telling the story of um, the sort of the, the struggles he had with the, his parents mm-hmm. and, and their relationship. <clears throat> um. And I think too, and this this kind of goes for a lot of the songs on it. Just sort of like the general 
unfairness of the world yeah. and like coming to terms with that, you know, yeah. as, as a young adult and ultimately an adult. Yeah. Kind of plays into that too. That thread runs throughout a lot of them. But yeah, it, it just, it feels like these songs really come from them <clears throat> directly. Yeah, from yeah, them. yes, <clears throat> exactly. Overall, even even the stuff that doesn't necessarily relate directly to that they're, they're, teenage experience, yeah. it's still, you could like listen to a song like Easy Target and say like that could easily be about a teenage experience. Yeah. But it could also be somebody in their 30s or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's just, I guess, the, the genuineness of it, the honesty behind it, carries it, and it just makes it um, not more palatable, but just, a, a, it just it, it has more strength to it than the stuff they had been doing prior to this. Yeah. It's, it, these are songs that could only have come from them, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. the songs on Take Off Your Pants and Jacket... That's yeah, who everybody thought they were, right? Right. Like, that's the band that and anyone they thought everybody have, wanted them to be. Anyone could have written those songs, the yeah. majority of them. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and, here, here, yeah they're, they're written to a type. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and jumping ahead of this a bit, anyone could really have written the songs in California, the most recent album. Yeah. To, yeah. With a few exceptions, which I'm excited to talk about. <laughs> um, but... This song, and I'll even say Neighborhoods, the next album, mm-hmm. this song, this album and the next, I, don't, I feel like no one else could have written these songs, mm. um, for better or worse, <laughs> in each case. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and so it feels special. It feels genuine, like you said. Like It feels like it's coming from the core of who they are. Yeah. Um, it's, it's way more interesting than a lot of things they've done. Um, it doesn't spell everything out for you yeah. either. You have to, it sort of challenges you to interpret the... Yeah. And if um, that was the only thing about this album that was intriguing, it would feel like enough. But the music on top of it mm-hmm. is is sort of the same thing. It's it's a reflection of that where I feel like this music could only have come from them. Yeah. Um, it's it's them just trying to reach beyond who they were as a band and the i feel like if this had been cr- a critical failure they would have gone right back to take off your pants and jacket mm. you know what i mean mm. i don't think neighborhoods would have happened well yeah i think they might have been over as a band yeah. definitely yeah, but true. i think that yeah i think tom would have probably with a bruised ego, right? You know, gone off and done his thing, and Mark would have done what he essentially has done now, yeah. and just find somebody to fill in and make yeah. a Blink One Eighty Two record, right? Yeah. Should we go track by track? I can't wait to go track by track. So, feeling this is the first track, and and I, it's a great. This is a great song. Good, good way to start. got that flange effect on the drums and that oh that chainsaw guitar and there's a sample <laughs> it's too loud I love I wonder if I have 
Hang on. Do I? Okay, yeah. This is instrumental. I feel like it's like very different. Yeah. Right? But still sounds like them. Yeah. I'm gonna play the whole instrument. <laughs> but I wanna get to this part. Like that the bass line is just it's a pure blink. Yeah. But the drums are taking it they, somewhere they else. Reinterpreted those yeah. sounds. They've you know, just sort of pulled them apart from the way they normally structure yeah. songs and reinterpreted them or reassembled them. Yeah. And the tempo is a little bit different. It shifts. Yeah. Yeah. Really good vocals on this song. Let me skip to the bridge. I think this is it. Oh, that's where he's in the bathroom. That's yeah. Tom in the bathroom. Which is great because he references the bathroom mirror. Yeah. yeah. And then let me skip to the end because I love the way this song ends. <laughs> do you agree with that? I do, yeah, absolutely. This is how it ends. I was like in heaven. <laughs> this should be like the last song Blink 182 ever plays, right? Yeah. Like, should have been. Yeah. So there's, again, like another common element, those vocal harmonies with Tom and Mark um, yeah. you know, taking turns and everything. That is a staple Tried and thing. true. And it sounds completely different here. Yeah. It's totally done differently. They pull away all the instruments, which is a bad idea because <laughs> they can't sing that <laughs> yeah, well. they're terrible singers. And so I'm, I, have no, I have no illusions. I'm sure there was a lot of fixing of yeah, their yeah. vocals. But... It's such a great effect. Yeah. And and there's there's uh four different uh lyrics happening, layering on top of one another. They, mm -hmm. they each they're both Mark and Tom each have two different uh lyrics happening. Mm -hmm. Hang on, let me let me pull it back in. So it's <clears throat> so Tom's going, fate fell short this time. Uh <laughs> 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 fate, shall, fate fell short this time Smile fades in the summer That's right. what Tom's saying Right? And Mark's saying Place your hand in mine I'll leave when I want to Yeah And then on top of that um, I think Mark is also saying So lost and disillusioned And then Tom is saying Oh, are we alone? You feel it. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Everyone wanted to know <laughs> just now what they were saying, right? <laughs> that was not a, fu- a futile exercise. Yeah, no, part, no. Right? And in fact, like, this is going to end up being the highlight of <laughs> yeah. this uh, People deep are dive gonna... thing. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be like, do you remember where you were when you heard Drew break <laughs> I, down? I the... hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love okay, but so no, I never I never picked up on that before. Oh really? Yeah, never did. Hit listen again. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the disillusion. Huh. Now we have that song. It's different but somewhat familiar. Yeah. I'm gonna play the ending one more time, not all the way through. Just to lead us into the next song, yeah, obvious. Yeah, so you can yeah get a sense get the of effect, right? What happens when so you switch like, over? Okay, yeah, uh, that's weird, but I like it. Yeah, yeah, still moves like a Blink song. What? <laughs> what? Huh? I really like your <laughs> character. There. What? <laughs> Hey, what's this? <laughs> There's like echo on this. <laughs> um, what do you think of this one? I love this song. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, for a while, this was probably my favorite song on the album. I th- and, and I think initially. When I the like on my first listen, I think this or um, violence were my favorite songs on this album. I think it's um, it's like a, it, this is what uh, Boxcar Racer would have been. Oh yeah, if they had developed it as the next Blink yeah. record, right? Because you can definitely hear Travis's influence on yes. it. Um, it's it's not a very strong Mark presence. He right. kind of recedes on this one. He's in the back going, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so, yeah, definitely a Tom oh, wait, song. Wait, wait, wait. This part, this part. Oh, yeah. Oh, the bass doesn't come through at all on my laptop. Did I? Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> wait, can I do an equalizer on Google? Google Music? <laughs> There's a really great, just like, if you listen to this song on a normal stereo that has mm-hmm. bass, like at this point, let me find it again. Oh, wait, no, I passed it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can hear the bass there. But there's this like n- just note that happens right here. Do you hear that? Yeah. It's really great on an actual stereo. <laughs> and it's sort of, they they brought it, you know, as low as they could, and mm-hmm. it, it shakes whatever is playing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's a really great moment. Yeah. And that the song's not over, but it's just, uh, it sounded like it was, but it's not. <laughs> this song, I, 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 this was one of the songs that took me a while to come around to i didn't dislike it necessarily but it was so different well this part is what sold me this right here yeah 
Yeah. yeah. I was like, I, I, I like this. I don't know if it's really doing it. And then I get here, and then I'm like, yeah, it, mm-hmm. this is working. Yeah. So the next one is I Miss You. Uh, so, like, this is, like, lyrically maybe one of my least favorite on the album. You I know, agree. It doesn't feel very developed. Um, I know this is from those liner notes. I know that Travis contributed uh, Quite a bit. something to this. Or something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a, I mean, taken on its own, it's fine. Yeah. It's it's definitely like as um, as their lesser efforts per album go, it's way better than like all the small things. Yeah, you know. But it's still but amongst the rest of these the songs on this album, yeah, it's a real dud. You know, I don't know. Comparatively, it is, but I do think if you listen to it in sequence. Like the other songs, it do, works. It, they the elevate. It. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And this is a good build. Yeah. My 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 one issue is it's a it's a looped drum uh, oh, track. Yeah. Like it never changes. I think through the yeah. whole thing. Um. And the video doesn't do it any <laughs> favors either. I love that part. Where are you? Oh, yeah. We should talk about this. Can I go back? Uh, let's listen to Tom's uh, verse here. Okay. Because this is a, this is a, an important moment in Tom, the, the evolution of Tom oh, in Blink. yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> we we got to call this out. Okay. from all the spiders. <laughs> this is not only a metaphor that Tom will return to Spider. in the song, but like the the vocals, the what he's doing with his voice yeah. becomes more of a I don't know if you call it a crutch or a characteristic, um, a uh, tick, tick, yeah. Yeah, but just the um uh, uh, sort of forced uh, snottiness yeah. of his well, of his and th- and this it it went beyond you and me finding it ridiculous. Like this became a thing. This part, <laughs> my yad, my yad. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, this song, I I don't know that I'd necessarily ever skip it. I'm just rarely paying attention to it. Yeah. Yeah. Now the next song is is violence. Mm-hmm. Um and it, and again, this one and obvious, violence and obvious I really like struggled with. Mm-hmm. And when I saw them live, I saw them tour this album. Not the whole tour. <laughs> <laughs> saw them when they came to St. Louis. <laughs> violence may have been the best song live. Oh really? I mean so there's things that happen in that in this song, which we'll hear, that that don't wouldn't really work live. 
Yeah. But their solution to it was so good. Um, and I, w- I just had a, a completely new appre- appreciation for it. It mm-hmm. works so well live. But, but here's, here's violence. Like violence. You're right. This is the album Tom sort of settles into that. Yeah. And then later exaggerates just it. Just right? amplifies it. Yeah. It's a great, I mean, this sounds like nothing like them. I love it, yeah. though. You can definitely hear. And I love that, this wobbly. That sound that Tom was going for yeah. with Boxcar, I think he has the time to really develop it here. And he has the whole band on board. Yes. I love the the, the drum roll that's coming up yeah. here. Oh, yeah. This is like the only time where I appreciate that Travis is, on this, is. in this band. Like I love normally it. that shit would not fly with me, yeah. but here it's perfect. Yeah. It works exactly the way it's supposed to. I love that it's it sounds like it's trying to catch up with itself. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like as if this is the first album where they finally get to where Travis is. Yes. You know, it's like they finally figure out a way to make their shit work with his. Yeah. And and Jerry Finn knows what to do with it. Yeah. This is weird. Yeah, this is crazy. What the hell is this? What are they doing? <laughs> it's like they're like spitting in my ear. Yeah. <laughs> so that part. Oh, wait, not that part. It's coming up. They're they're all at the top of their game. At yeah, time. yeah. Okay, right here. So that little like staticky bit before this starts wouldn't wouldn't really work live. So what they do is Tom would just strum his guitar open like no chord and just let it s- sustain, mm-hmm. and it was so great. Like just this cacophony. Get it? <laughs> it's a blink song, cacophony. <laughs> but just this C episode noise. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, you know, he'd mute his guitar and they'd go into that talk whisper yeah. thing. This is so good. Yeah. Uh, it's like... And here, like, that vocal thing that he's doing really works. Yeah. This song is really sort of a microcosm of the album. Yeah. Because you have really aggressive stuff, really experimental weird stuff, and then really... Melodic, familiar, yeah, but stuff. still reinterpreted, yeah, yeah, still fresh. They, they they do such a good job of building to a moment and seizing it, mm-hmm. which is something that Tom will fail at, <laughs> monumentally. So when he going forward, yes, yeah, absolutely. And I, I, not to single him out, but he, with Angels and Airwaves, I feel like that is essentially what happens in every song. Yeah, he keeps trying to get to this peak, and yeah. then he doesn't get there. Yeah. Um, so then, where does this go? This Then we go into the interlude. Yeah, let me... So this is a, another weird thing. So the song... It was about to end. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently... 
this song, this bit at the end. Not this, but it's coming up. What you're about to hear. <clears throat> this is a terrible podcast. <laughs> So this is apparently a letter that Mark's grandfather wrote to his grandmother from the war. Yeah. And um, the narrator here is, I forget what her name is, but she, I guess she has has narrated other like war-related stuff uh, or, you know, she's... I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly how this all worked out, but... This is the first album where they're collaborating directly with people who have kind of a recognized pedigree mm. in a certain sphere. Yeah. And so, like, this... It could just be a woman reading these things. Yeah. Right? And I think it works like that. If you don't have any knowledge yes. about the background for it, it totally works. Mm-hmm. But on a technical level, when you're appreciating how the how well the album is put together, it adds a whole other layer to how much effort they you know put into it and yeah. thought about. Um, but yeah, emotionally, it's totally effective. It um, you kind of come out of violence, um, you know, in kind of hysterics, and yeah. you know you're like not. Um, you're not sure where this record is going and yeah. this hits you and it catches you at kind of an emotionally vulnerable yeah. point, which sets you up so perfectly for where you're about to go next. Yes. Stockholm syndrome. That snare drum. This is probably my current favorite song on this. <laughs> this is a great song. Yeah. I love the guitar. I love Tom's voice. Yeah, this song so much. This is the ultimate call and response song for them. Yeah. Where do we go? After we're gone. I mean, like, you can absolutely feel the desperation. Yes. Here. And, it, like, it, it works. As a song, it works really well. But it works even better if you thread it into that, like, lineage of Tom songs, yeah. you know, desperately yearning to, yeah. you know have meaning or something and you know uh the the idea of you know being either marginalized or repressed yeah. as yes. a kid yeah. you know it the the lashing out there yeah i'm barely here i love that line sorry for singing along <laughs> <laughs> um the part where tom says why is this hard yeah, um, it's a great lyric. But my brother-in-law initially thought he was saying, "Play the guitar, <laughs> <laughs> play the guitar." <laughs> the last contagious victim of this plague between us. Ouch! Amazing. 
Now it's the now last. Now it's the last. Yeah, you're right about that call and response thing. It's like the um, uh, the ultimate result of that. Yeah, you know, like it. It's graduated now to yeah. like such a level that because they're the two lines of lyrics are commenting on each other and not. Yeah. Right. They kind of it's like two wavelengths that meet every once in a while. Yeah. And it's really they just great. kind of overlap. Yeah. So the next one is down. I really like this riff. Mm-hmm. And, and overall, this has a real hypnotic um, feel to it. Yeah. I think. I feel like it's it's easy to kind of overlook this song, though. Mm-hmm. And I love the single version of this in... With just one sustained bass note, because um, in this version it'll transition into the fallen right interlude. Into the fallen, yeah, um, but the the last part of the single is just the bass one note, and it fades out. This. I really like this part. Like, there's so many good... Mark's lyrics really... Or lyrics. Mark's singing is really good. <laughs> yeah. You've got the piano. The The guitar is really kind of soft underneath it. It's just, it has an easygoingness to it, yeah. but it's not at all, like, soft. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's ahead. sort of like them... Um, discovering a new way to do like yeah. a ballad or something, and then they forget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is it. Um, ending, and it'll transition. I don't know if Google will pick up the transition well, but it'll transition to the next song. But imagine it ending with just boom. <laughs> That's what I really like. Okay. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So right there is when it would go boom. Gotcha. So this is the fallen interlude, which they brought in. I forget what the guy's name was. It was, I feel like it was a someone Travis knew to do this. You looking it up? Yeah. So again, this is like, this is where we're like, what is this? This is not. This sounds. This has nothing to do with Blink, seemingly. Yeah, uh, Sick Jackin of the Psycho Realm band. He's from the Psycho Realm. He's from the Psycho Realm. Wow. So they and they sort of try to replicate this again in neighborhoods. Yeah. And uh, let me say this: I actually think they do it better there. Interesting. I mean, as a whole, it's no good. Yeah. But. If we're just talking an instrumental piece that either echoes or foreshadows another song, yeah, I think the interlude on Neighborhoods is better. Hmm. I'll be interested to revisit that. My recollection yeah. is that it feels a little forced, whereas this kind of seems think like a natural. That's fair to say. Progression. But. 
Got some Pink Floyd vibes in here. Mm-hmm. That little bing, bing, bing mm-hmm. right there. Is that I sick jacket? That's sick jacket <laughs> from the psycho from realm. From the psycho realm. <laughs> so this is so weird and, and crazy, and like I've never heard anything like this on a Blink album. And then it goes into go. And now I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Blink. I've heard these guys before. Yeah. This could be the album opener. It could. Yeah. But it's not. So this is the song, a very personal story from Mark. Yeah. I love that go, that shrieking go. Yeah. The it's uh, a good, a, a good meeting of them yeah. vocally on this. I think. Um. Let me go that we're we're sort of listening to the whole album, so I'll I'll start <laughs> moving us forward faster. So Asthenia is the next song. I love this song. Oh you should I skip? I thought you had something to say. Yeah, no. Okay, here we go. I love that it starts. This is like this is absolutely a Tom song, of course. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if it's coming through, but there are recordings of the astronauts. Yeah, During the Apollo mission behind this. Which is sort of the theme of the song. Yeah. And I what's what's really interesting is in the um in that documentary, there's another version of this song hmm. where it was it was about a relationship. It wasn't about this guy up in the stranded yeah. astronaut. It's in it, but it's the same music. So there but I guess at some point he decided he needed which is really smart. An alien reference. <laughs> but <laughs> or but space that reference. He must have thought, I hope he thought, we've talked a lot about relationships on this album. Yeah. What's something different? Yeah. Well, and it's still, it's not like you can't interpret this song as mm-hmm. being about, you know, emotional yeah. alienation or whatever, loneliness. I like the guitar in this one a lot. This place is void of all passion. Hmm. If you can imagine, it's easy if you try. That's a great lyric. It's pretty good. He's 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 telling old John Lennon, <laughs> you know, it's not so great when we imagine things sometimes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Suck it, John. Yeah. You wife beater. Because <laughs> he was. <laughs> Oh, where are you, Houston? Sorry, <laughs> you just love it. You don't, don't you? Where are you, Houston? Is somebody out there? Will somebody listen? You're, you're right when you say like Tom finally like verbalizes what he's been feeling. Yeah, I feel like this is the. There's some very personal songs. Yeah. But not here. like they're not so on the nose in the way that like dick lips is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. We'll go to uh, Always, which is a current favorite of mine. Mm. They they themselves refer to this as their 80s song. And there's definitely those vibes. I can hear that. Yeah. They come in really heavy at the end. Yeah. Um, 
but I cried while listening to this song recently. Really? <laughs> Thinking about my wife. Oh. And it's a great video. This is the in, a rare instance of an excellent video. Is this the one with the dorm room? I think so, where it's flipping the... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Are we, I, we're almost out of time, so I'm going to skip. But this is a great song. Yeah, it is. Oh, let me go to the 80s part. There it is. <laughs> but then, yeah, you get yeah, the synth in there. Yeah, it Which is a sense. great little moment to... Because of what's coming up. Oh, yeah. After the next song. Yeah. Which is Easy Target, and I love this song. Everything, these two songs are together. Oh, yeah. So amazing. Here we go. Easy Target. I mean, I think the genius of this album is they were, at points they're like, Travis, just play the snare drum. Yeah. Don't play anything else. <laughs> Keep your hands away from everything. <laughs> they probably just took everything yeah. away from him. Yeah. This is not an overly complex song, like right. musically or like lyrically. Yeah. Um, but I think for them, yes, it's a departure. It's them, you know, speaking in, more in metaphors than they usually do. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's something I think that they don't really talk about so much. Like, they, they there's always this. Uh, Longing, you know, for like a particular girl or yeah. something. That's a regular thing that they're going to, but they don't talk about it in terms of being like so absorbed yes. in that person. Yeah. That, that it's toxic. That, yeah, that it's like controlling you or yeah. that, you know, like you're losing your mind as yeah. a result of it. That's a whole different plane that they've, you know, never been to before. Yeah. This has a great um, ending. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's such good. Just yeah. well, and then what they do with it too. Yeah. You know, like by itself, it's great. But then listen to what happens with it. Sliding on the yeah. strings. You can hear. Yeah, the squeaking. It's amazing. And and guess who's come to join us for Speaking this Speaking of the 80s, yeah. Did you know that uh, they're both big fans of The Cure? <laughs> <laughs> Have they made that point apparent yet? <laughs> so Robert Smith is singing on this song. Which, like, imagine... I think I had already read the lyrics or read, like, the liner notes at this point. So I knew that he was going to be in this song. Yeah. I didn't know what capacity it was going to be. Yeah. But, like, imagine if you hadn't. Imagine if you didn't know that. You're just listening to this yeah. album, and you're like, suddenly there's this other dude singing Who's on the album. Who's this dude? Yeah. It's but Robert then Smith. there's that. Yeah. There's the blink. And it works. Yeah, it works incredibly well. So um, the and next... it also calls back to the previous song too yeah. nicely. It's, yes, it's yeah, not yeah. only These musically two, tied together, yes. but now 
he's you know he's pushing Holly away, saying you know I, you got to let go of me. Yeah, and here he is like, do whatever you want to do. To yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely amazing. Um, I really like the next one. Here's your letter. Mm. This is uh, Mark's song, and I love the bridge in this one. I think this stands apart. Um, not necessarily for good reasons. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it. I love this song, but it also doesn't necessarily feel totally integrated. Yeah. This could have been a B side, I think. Yeah, I could see that. I think these last two songs I do are, uh, yes. are just a little bit they should have disconnected. Yeah, they could have been a B B side. Yeah. Both of them. If they were going to end this album on one of these songs, I think I would prefer this one. Oh, okay. To yeah. the last, Me too. to what they actually end. But with, I would but. prefer over both of these the actual B side. Which was the B side? Not now. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, let me skip to the bridge that I really like. This is the bridge. Oh, yeah. I really like this the, part. Is pretty good. The lyrics on this. How about that that opening line of the chorus? Fuck, I can't let yeah. this kill me. Yeah. Okay, so the next song, I'm Lost Without You. I think Tom will go on to write this song four or five more times. <laughs> I rarely listen to this song. Yeah, I'm, I'm done by this I point. almost never listen to this song. Uh, it's, it's easily the weakest thing on the yes. album. Um, they put it in a completely forgettable place. Yeah. Right? Like, it, it doesn't comment on anything before yeah. it. And so you just kind of... I just feel like you you lose all momentum here. Yeah. Whereas... I'm not even, we're not even going to listen to it. Don't listen to it. Let's play not Whereas now. if you had finished with this song... Already, there's a little bit more of a congruity there. Yeah. Cool sounds. <laughs> It's just, this would be a much better finisher. Yeah. I feel like you get a similar vibe, but better, that you get with I'm Lost Without You. It feels like this album's ending. Yeah, yeah, it it feels like a nice bookend with feeling this too, like musically. Mm-hmm. And that's such a great riff. Yeah. And this was only available on the UK edition mm-hmm. of this album. And I happened this is like before you could really get that stuff online. Mm-hmm. 
and I happened to CD. go to the UK. Oh, nice for work. And so I found a CD shop and I bought this. This is like 2003, or no, this must have been 2004. And got a copy of this. Nice. No, no, no. I. It must have been a. Tr- uh, it wasn't work. It was a a trip. Just like a, a vacation. A vacation. Did you go there specifically yeah. so you could get it? <laughs> I'm picturing you, like, like with your family, like, you're, like, trying to decide where to go, and you're just, like, throwing whatever reasons you can think of to justify going to the UK. Yeah, way better. Yeah, so much better. So... Thus ends. Whoops. <laughs> this is the high point, right? Like this is yeah. This is the pinnacle, as far I think as we know. And and I think this, you know, whether this is a good thing in in not you specifically, but generally in your mind or not, mm-hmm. this is the end of them as a band. Yeah. I mean, they break up after this. Yeah. Not long after this. Yeah, within a year. Um, and they're broken up for 10 years or is it, is that right? Uh, maybe or maybe like it was seven or eight. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but when they reform, it's, they're not the same band. Yeah. Um, Individually, they're all different, but even as a yeah. band, they, they're, are, well, we'll see. So I feel like, yeah, this, this sort of is as of right now, the, the last time they're a, a, re, a band and the last time they're Blink 182 in the spirit of that. Yeah. Right. So they arguably, you could say, they go out on a high note. Like yeah. They put forth their best work before they mm, cease being what yeah. they were originally. Yeah. So they go on a... Uh, they. I think they actually called it an indefinite hiatus. They That's did what, not that call it a breakup. That is the official term. That and it ended used. up being true. Yeah. Right? They were right. They weren't lying. So when we reconvene, we will be discussing what happens... What comes of that? Yeah, when they... The indefinite hiatus episode. Yeah, when (laughs) we're going to just do an episode on the seven years between... (laughs) I mean, that's a long time. Uh, And when they come back, I think you're going to be surprised what I have to say about this new album, the next album. I'm afraid. (laughs) We're going to quit right now. (laughs) Until then. That's it for the deep dives. This podcast is going on indefinite hiatus. (laughs) (laughs) A definite hiatus. A definite hiatus until the next episode.